man, I'm loving this encouragement. I feel encouraged. I'm saying, by the way, one of the pastors, along with Paul and Steve, and we have the privilege to, to serve. Just look around. Look at this wonderful family. Or maybe you don't think it's very wonderful. Look. Have you met this person next to me? Do you know, you can be part of this wonderful family. All you need to do is put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's what I did over a decade ago, and it's changed me inside out, upside down, but it's a privilege to serve in this way. As we sang that last song before Paul got up um, to transition into where we're going now, he's a good, good father. That's just who he is, and I'm loved by him. That's who I am. This is the unique message that we have to share across the earth. He's a good father, and I am loved by him. This, this is the message, and through what I share this morning, this is the message that we're going to carry as representatives of the kingdom of heaven. We carry the message of the king to the earth. Wherever we find ourselves, on the bus, in the shops, Standing up for people being bullied, we carry a message of the Father saying he's wonderfully good and you're loved by him. Even if you don't know it, you're loved by him. If you have a Bible, can you turn to Acts, please? Just while we're turning there, let's, I just feel, let's just enjoy him a little bit longer. Man, because it's, it's not contained to special church meetings. You can just be loved by him right now. Just let his love wash over you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your background. His love for you isn't dependent on you. It isn't dependent on me. I was a complete misfit and still am. But he loves me. And it's his love that changes me. Holy Spirit, just come. Come and reveal the Father's love to us. Just ask him right now. Say, oh God, I want to feel your love. I want to know your love. I want to be surrounded by your love. Did you hear what my sister said earlier about her children just being able to whisper into their ears? Just let the whisper of God flow into your ears right now. I love you. We love your presence. We love, we love your presence. There's freedom. There's healing. There's wholeness. There's goodness. There's peace right now. You need peace? Just take it. Come. Come, Holy Spirit. I pray you'd speak to us. Throughout everything I share, pray you'd reveal just how wonderful you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, you've probably had time to turn to the book of Acts by now. If you haven't, there's no hope for you. We, we can't even pray. <laughs> it's done. No, we can. We can pray for you and things can change. Okay, chapter 3 in the book of Acts. We're doing a series, Acts of Courage. And it isn't meant to just be as one-off deal. This is meant to define and set a culture here. We're our heart. Our heart is that this just becomes a way of life, just loving people, 
outside of the four walls of this building, we take this message out there. So Acts chapter 3, if you're taking notes and if you're a title person, the title today is Courage to Live a Supernatural Life. Courage to Live a Supernatural Life. We're going to read together. It'll come up on the screen behind me if you haven't got a Bible. Chapter 3, verse 1. We're going to read 10 verses. One day, Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer at about 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. It's a nice name for a gate. Where he was put every day to beg for those going in and out of the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, listen, money, cash, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. That's a bold step, right? Taking him by the right hand, he helped the man up. This man was crippled by birth. Taking him by the right hand, he helped the man, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking, jumping, and praising God. I bet he was. He was crippled from birth. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized, hey, isn't this this dude that was sat outside begging? doesn't say dude in this translation. They were all filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. I just want to look. We're going to go on a bit of a progressive journey this morning. But first I want to look at the text. I want to just delve in. So dive into these ten verses with me. Look at what's happening. Peter and John are going about their day. This is probably something of uh, just normality that was part of their faith, part of their religion, was to go to the temple to pray. So it was part of what they were doing. They were on the way to the temple to pray. This, this crippled man from birth, he hadn't had an accident and hopefully would recover. He was crippled from birth. He was outside the temple gate, outside the gate, the beautiful guy outside, and he was begging for help. Me and my wife had the privilege to go to Rome not long ago, and outside the Vatican, there's these dear women that won't even look you in the eye. They lie on their front, and they just hold their hands out. I want you to picture something like that. This man begging for help. Sirs, madams, help. Please help. Peter and John, I think this is remarkable. I want to ask you the question, what would you have done? What would you have done? Look at what they did. I think it's so easy. You know, you go into Hastings Town Centre, you've got everyone from the people selling the big issue that probably aren't quite in this category to those sat with sleeping bags over their lap, desperate for food. What do you do in those moments? What could they have done? They could have just walked by. They could have just chosen to ignore chosen to ignore or say, oh, I'll pick this up later, I'll, I'll pretend it's not happening, or, which could have been good, given the money, I doubt they had it, but they could have just done that, and I'm not knocking that, and sometimes that's right, sometimes, but I think it's a cop-out a lot of the time, to just flick someone a pound coin and say, all the best, friend, but they didn't do that. 
he stopped and he looked this crippled man from birth in the eye and said, I don't have this sort of dosh. But what I do have, I give to you. Now get up. My goodness me. Could you imagine just the boldness? To, I don't know what John must have felt. It's like me going with Paul downtown. And Paul just grabbing hold of someone in a wheelchair. And me going, what are you doing? But I don't think this was John's story either. Something had happened to these people. Something had happened. And I want to I look at what happened. This guy suddenly rose and his legs became strong, it says. His ankles became strong. So strong that he was able, from being crippled, to be able to jump up and down and praise God. Why? Why did Peter and John respond like this? Well, following Jesus' resurrection from the death, from the death, from the death, from dead, that's not much better. These disciples had changed. They'd completely changed through the life-giving encouragement, through this power of the Spirit, this anointing. They, were, they received boldness and courage, and we've covered this over the, over the weeks. But they received something from God that wasn't just equipping them to speak about Jesus, but they were bold enough to act like Jesus, to demonstrate the good news. There is a proclamation, there's words that go out of our mouths that are good news. Jesus is alive. But they wanted to demonstrate that he was alive. This man was crippled. Who healed him? They go on to describe who healed him, and it's Jesus. Healing people from physical and emotional ailments. These are all demonstrations that Jesus is, in fact, who he said he was, the unique son of God who died for the sins of the world, who rose three days later, who ascended to the Father, who sent the Spirit to now empower us to continue his work. These are all demonstrations that a brand new kingdom has exploded on planet Earth. They went for it, acts of courage outside the parameters of their own safety network. They went for it with ordinary folk outside the comfort and the fold of their fellowship, their fellow man. It's it's easy for us, friends, to do it in this setting. I know you might not think it is, but it's, it's somewhat easier for me to pray for Graham Delves than it is for me to pray for the guy on the bus that I'm watching limping. Somewhat easier. Clothed with power from on high. That's what Scripture says. Jesus said, do not leave the city until you're clothed with power from on high. And this isn't a power to to wear like a jacket, one garment, like a nice leather jacket that you wear for special church meetings. This is meant to be garments, clothing, power from heaven that defines how we now live. This defines now how the people of God are meant to live. Power from on heaven. Power from on high. That's what they were doing. The Holy Spirit had empowered this early group of believers. Now, these are the the first group of believers. Not only to live like Jesus, but to live for Jesus. Do you get me? Not only to live like him, but for him. Everything's for him. So I want to look just quickly at what did Jesus do? Who did he heal? How did he heal? Where did he heal? And in Luke's Gospel, I wanted to link it to Luke's Gospel, because Luke wrote the book of Acts as well. So it's good to kind of 
sandwich these two letters or books together. Jesus describes his mission, or his mandate, if you like. And in Luke chapter 4, 16 to 21, there's this, let's just listen to this. And he came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up. And as was its custom, he, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. So he unrolled the scroll, and he found the place in the scroll where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Let's check this out. Then he rolled the scroll up, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, in your hearing, this scripture has been fulfilled. I love it. He read from the prophet for 700 plus years ago that they were all reading from regularly. And effectively, Jesus saying, it's now happening. What I'm reading to you, I'm the guy. I'm the guy. These, these, these verses are about me. And then he rolled it up, gave it to them, sat down. And then in Luke's gospel, we see how Jesus began to do the very thing he said he was come to do. Chapter 4 says, Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. And, he asked, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever. And it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. That's, that's cool, right? She's in bed. Or maybe this says something about the guys, I don't know. And then she began to wait on them. Culture, culture. When the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various sicknesses, and laying his hands on each of them, he healed them. Beautiful. Then Matthew's Gospel, it says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and listen to this, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people were being brought to him who were ill with various diseases. Those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. I don't want these just to be familiar words that we read every so often and go, but he still does it today. I want you to put yourself in this again. People were being brought to him with all sorts of ailments, and he healed them all. Jesus' heart, Jesus' heart was moved, totally moved with compassion when he saw suffering. Is yours. Jesus' heart was moved with compassion when he saw the suffering of people that were oppressed, that were trapped, that were barren, that were bleeding, that had fevers, that were dead. Jesus' heart was moved with compassion. In Mark's Gospel, sorry these aren't coming up on the screen. In Mark's Gospel, there was a man with leprosy, chapter 1, verse 40 and 42. There was this man with leprosy, and he, he came to Jesus, and he begged Jesus. Uh, I want you just to understand this. This man had leprosy. In the day, he was, he was known as unclean. No one would go near him. No one would even 
entertain, he was alive, let alone go near him. No one would even touch him, let alone entertain that he was alive, go near him and then touch him. You know, it was just, he was outside of outsideness. No one would have entertained praying for him. Yet it says here, he came to Jesus on his knees and he begged him. And he said these words, if you're willing, make me clean. And this is what scripture says, filled with compassion. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man and he said, I am willing, be clean. And instantly the leprosy left him and he was cured. It wasn't seven days later, let's check it out, let's see how the next week goes. I've got some creams for you. Instantly. The leprosy left him. Matthew 14, 14. When Jesus landed, not by plane. Planes hadn't quite been invented. It wasn't EasyJet or Ryanair. It was a boat. When Jesus had come upon shore, if you like, and saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now, I looked up what compassion means in our current day language, in our current day understanding. So I've got a little definition for you. Compassion is a feeling of distress and pity for the suffering or misfortune of another, often including the desire to alleviate it. That's Jesus. He had the desire to alleviate it. Not just to sympathize, but to alleviate It says also that compassion is to suffer with, to enter into someone else's pain. That's what we're called to do, friends. Not just go, oh, I'm so sorry, I'll be praying for you. Somehow there's something about us entering into someone else's pain. To be tender-hearted, to be humble enough, to be soft-hearted, to sympathize, to empathize, to have mercy and sorrow. And Jesus' heart is to heal. But do you know what motivated his heart to heal? Was his love for people. Was his compassion. Healing was in his sights, but that wasn't the goal. The goal was love. The goal was compassion. Compassion is what motivated his heart. So Jesus understands. Jesus understands humanity. And Jesus understands you, friend. He understands however you've arrived here today, however you've you've come here this morning, whatever baggage you're carrying, he understands. He sympathizes. He's tender-hearted towards you. He's soft-hearted. He empathizes. He's familiar with your pain, and he wants to alleviate it. That's his heart. That's his desire. These healings are all a sign of this. Jesus' heart was and is full of compassion. You know, it says in Scripture that Jesus came to undo the works of the enemy. You familiar with that? Jesus came to undo the works of the enemy. He's healer. The works of the enemy was destruction, damage, sickness, and death. And my belief is that Jesus came to unravel all that. How it was so tightly tight, sewn up, Jesus just came like a, this spiritual scalpel and just clipped the edge and has just been drawing it all out like a thread. He came to undo the works of the enemy. Sickness, 
destruction, damage, and death. And he's done it. He's done it. It says in the scripture that it is finished. One day, you will receive your healing in full. And at the moment, we're having flashes of the kingdom where people get healed all over the place. I'm going to share some stories in just a few moments. So these healings are all demonstrations. When you look through the scriptures, particularly Acts and then through the New Testament, they're demonstrations that a new king and a new kingdom has arrived on planet Earth and it's beginning to change things. Beginning to change things. It says that we're part of an ever-increasing kingdom. We should expect more today than we did yesterday. We should see more today than we did last week. It's ever, ever increasing. Jesus uses a para- parables of like yeast. You can't stop the thing. It's just ever increasing, and we're part of that. The kingdom of light fighting against darkness. So Jesus' mission was to heal the sick and set the captive and the oppressed free. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? So Jesus' mission becomes our mission. This is a journey we're on. That was Jesus' mandate, and it's now our mandate. Jesus commissioned his followers to continue what he did on planet Earth. In Matthew's Gospel, after Jesus would, had risen from, from death itself, he appears to his followers and he says, Listen, guys, just to let you know, I have now received all authority, all dominion, all power has been given to me. Therefore, I want you guys to go out in that power. And I want you to make disciples of all nations. And he's not talking about getting people on Bible study courses, although that's good. Don't get me wrong. Please don't shoot me afterwards. He's not talking about filling our heads with knowledge. He's saying that you are to go out like me. You're to go out with the same mandate that I carried on the planet. Heal the sick. Cast out demons. Cleanse the lepers. Here I go. Raise the dead. Luke 9, 1 and 2. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure all diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom and heal the sick. I love that. Preach the kingdom and heal the sick. Verse 6 says, So they sent out, so they were sent out from the village to go from village to village, preaching the gospel and healing people everywhere. I want you to know, friends, that that's the same for you, Roger and Jane. You're equipped to carry the gospel in your mouth and to proclaim it with your hands and feet. If that makes sense. I don't mean like jazz hands. I mean, lay your hands on people and say, get up. Be healed. Matthew 10, he called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and heal every disease and sickness. Matthew 10, 7 and 8, as you go, preach this message. This is Jesus to his followers. The kingdom of heaven is near, nearer than you think. Heal the sick. Raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, so freely give. So I want to ping back to the first bit that we looked at in Acts. So Peter says, I give you, what I, what, I don't have money, but what I do have, I give you. Freely I have received, so freely I give. 
I want you to see that. We, we, we might not have much at times, but what I do have is more than all the wealth on the planet. Because I have the very presence of God within me. And where I go, he goes. You know, I don't have a, even, sometimes even 20 pounds to give you. But Colin, what I do have, I impart to you. And it's Jesus. And it's Jesus. And it's his love and it's his wholeness and it's his healing. But after this, in Luke 10, he says, after the 12, he appointed 72 others. So I don't think it's a number thing. Personally, I don't think there's anything significant in the 72. I just think what the writer's trying to say is he wants everyone to do this. He wants to equip and impart his courage to his people. So it's 72 now. And he says, go ahead of me to where I'm going. Verse 9 says, this is what you're to do. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. I love that. So when we, when we see healing happen, we need to introduce people to the king who has healed them. That's the goal. So it's good to share God's love, and that's wonderful, but we need to tell them where the source of this love comes from. Tell them the kingdom of heaven has broken out. You know, I, wanna, I want this message to be one of equipping, one of excitement, one where this would be my heart, friends, that somehow today when we leave, every single one of us, man, that could be a big goal, I don't know, every single one of us, carry something of the kingdom where we go, where I go he goes and my, my eyes are open so I'm not saving it just for this service but when I'm at school, when I'm at work I, I'm a representative of the kingdom where I go he goes and if, if I leave you guys going man I can do this or I should be doing this then that's awesome that would be incredible and I, I feel that we will feel more of his love on us when we love others, genuinely. It's not meant to be contained, friends. We're meant to be these jars of clay that are cracked. And his love flows through these broken vessels. Man, I'm busted still like you. I've still got hang-ups and insecurities and funny ways of thinking and doing stuff. But I'm on a journey just like you. But I know that God wants to flow through me. And reach others. And I know he wants to do that with you. He wants to do that with us. Our heart is that Hastings go, those guys up on the ridge love us. Whatever we are, whoever we are, whatever our hang-ups, we love them. Because God loves them. So we're representatives of the kingdom. I am an ambassador of Jesus Christ. It's crazy. I... I'm an ambassador of Jesus. You are an ambassador of Jesus if you're saved and if you're in him. It says you're a co-laborer with Christ. I love that. Like he's hog carrier. I'm carrying his love. I'm going to build with his love. It's a partnership. It's not just like Jesus just does it and we just share stories. He does do it and we do share stories, but we co-labor with him. I'm the one that lays my hands on sick people. You're the one that does it. And somehow through us, his love flows and heals. Co-laborers. Preach the good news of the kingdom. Guys, listen to this. Preach the good news of the kingdom. This should be news that comes out of our mouths. Shouldn't leave people going, I'm not good enough. 
Or that just sounds like a moral code. It should leave people going, flipping it, that sounds amazing. How do I have that? How do I have that? Is that the message that's coming out of your mouth? Is that the message coming out of my heart? Preach the good news of the kingdom. Raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out demons. This is still our job description today. You know, we're not simply to look back at this text and go, we just marvel at what happened in yonder year. This was the start of the church. This was the very beginning of our adventure. This was the very beginning of the New Testament church. We, We are to marvel, we are to look back, but the purpose is to go, God, you do do that. And you can do it in my day. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Anyone in the house believe that? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he still heals. And he still saves. Friends, our mission is the same as Jesus's. To heal the sick. To cast out demons. To cleanse the leper. To raise the dead. That's exciting, isn't it? (laughs) There's some barriers. There's some barriers. Let me read some out to you. These are just things that I felt drawn to as I was preparing. Fear will be a huge barrier. Man, what if you don't show up, God? I'm going to pray in a minute. And God, listen, this is something I'm living with. I'm about to offer prayer. I'm going to ask people to stand. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to go, has anything happened? And already I'm like, what if nothing happens? What if you don't show up? I'm not going to let fear define what we do. So maybe that's you. Maybe fear is something that you struggle with. Maybe it's doubt or unbelief. No, that just doesn't happen today. Thank you. Any more? Any more? And yes, it does. Yeah, we have a yes, it does at the back. One more at the back. Any more? Yes, it does. Another yes, it does here. Boom, sold. It does. It does. Fear, doubt, unbelief. Another thing is cynicism. Well, it's only a cold, isn't it? Well, your shoulder's only a little bit better, Gray. Another one is disappointment. Man, I haven't been healed. These will, these will riddle our hearts and they'll make them sick. God wants to smash that. He wants us to believe. He wants us to be like humble children that say, my dad can do it. My dad can do this. My friend the other day on Friday, he said these words, we're called to believe the impossible and not settle for the probable. I mean to say that again. We're called to believe and expect the impossible and not settle for the probable. So I'm just going to share couple of stories and then we're going to pray for folk if you're up for that so thank you Paul (laughs) I love that yep that's what we're doing so just the um two weeks ago my friend Pete Tinkner you here today Pete there you are how are your ears doing still healed how many hearing aids did you wear two two hearing aids so my friend Simon Thurston had this word of knowledge that 
God wanted to heal someone with deafness, and they had hearing aids. And, and it was very specific. He said, this is what God wants you to do. He wants you to take the hearing aids out, you'll hear a pop, and then you'll hear clearly. Is that what happened? Did you hear that? Yes, that's what happened. So, this isn't a show. I didn't arrange Pete to be sat there, like, so how many rows are you going to be sat back? A friend uh, that I'm getting to know, a guy called Matt that's coming along to the evening evening service, he has suffered with acid reflux for years. And it, it, he has to take strong medication for it. He has to take medication every single day. If he doesn't, he's up all night. It's, he's literally coughing up acid. It's awful. Simon Thurston, again, had this word of knowledge, just stomachs and acid reflux. This guy gave his life to Jesus the week before. This week, he walked forward to respond to the message, and he is healed. I saw him last night and said, still no problem, not taking any medication. You know, love, love is the goal. Love is always the goal and the agenda. That's, that was Jesus' goal. Love is our vision. Love is our target. We are ministering Jesus' love to people. And when we do that, it becomes peaceful. And it becomes a lot of joy because we connect with his love. How do we do this? How do we do this? This is what I want to be equipping and imparting. And I don't want it to be patronizing, so forgive me for that. Firstly, we need to connect with his compassion. This is for you going out into your everyday world. Connect with his compassion. As you look around, see where the Holy Spirit directs you and connect with his compassion. Connect with his heart. Feel people's pain. Faith is the next thing. It's not this... Hitting and hoping. Faith, faith is a, a certainty. An absolute assurance like a child that says he's exactly who he says he is. And he heals today. And I give it all to him. Peace. Be at peace when you do it. Don't be shouting in tongues over people's heads. Don't be grabbing people, shoving people, shaking people. Get out of them! You don't have to pick up a sweat. Do you know... The victory is won. Jesus is finished and he's now sat down at the right hand of God. He's not jumping up and down going, get him, sand, get him, sand. He's just going, I'm just sitting down. Be at peace. There's power in his peace. There's often in his peace, you don't have to say anything. He just does it. Just so be at peace. Internally, go for it. But when you're praying for people, just be at peace. That's what I do. If you don't want to do that, God bless you. That's fine. Authority. Use the authority given to you. It's not just a name. It's his name. He's alive. So you're not just saying, Steve, Tony. It's not just a name. It's the presence of Jesus. You're saying we're calling on the presence of the risen Jesus. It's his authority given to you. So just use that. And then we're going to go for it. So this, this is what we're going to do right now. If you are suffering, sick, in pain, afflicted emotionally, physically, in any way, I want you just to stand up, if you're able to stand up. If you're unable to stand up, just lift up your hand. Someone at the back.
Jesus is here, folks. His love is here. His love is always here. And right now, if you're near any of these dear people, why don't you just extend your hand towards them? Just as a sign of support, a sign of, hey, I'm in this with you. I'm stepping into this with you. You might even want to lay your hand on someone. Jesus, I thank you that you are alive today. And as a minister of the gospel, as we all are here that know you, ministers of the Spirit, we take the authority, I take the authority that you've given to me, and I release it across this room. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who was killed for our sin, who rose again to give us salvation, and his heart is to heal and restore We release your healing, your wholeness, your goodness all across this auditorium right now. And in your peace. I just believe some of you are going to feel peace right now that you haven't felt for a long time. And just release your peace. Anxiety, go. Some of you are feeling anxious when you walked in. Speak to the anxiety and we say, we drive you out. Perfect love drives out all fear. Bodies that are broken, minds that are suffering. I speak the healing and the wholeness and the well-being of Jesus Christ all over you. Just in your peace, God, would you heal. In your peace, oh God, would you heal. As you're just laying your hands on, just, just begin to speak life over them. Just say the word healing in Jesus' name. Say the word wholeness in Jesus' name. Say the word peace in Jesus' name. This is what you carry, friends. Just begin to release it. Begin to speak it out. What we declare has real power. Declare the truth. Start declaring truth. Start declaring truth, healing, wholeness, goodness, joy, peace, in Jesus' name. Healing, healing, bring your peace, O God. We pray for damaged minds. People that have suffered for depression for many years. Today it stops. Today we say it stops in Jesus' name. Deafness. Thank you that you're healing people with deafness. We say deafness go in Jesus' name. I pray for hearing to come in the name of Jesus. More than anything else, I just feel that God wants to impart his peace to people. So receive that right now. Now, try and do what you weren't able to do before. If that's bend your knee, then bend your leg. If that's stretch your arms, you, you know what it is. Try and just try out your body. Test it. You need to give it a go. It's often in the moving that you'll feel something. Maybe you're experiencing peace. 
And I want you right now, if, you, if you're sensing anything, <laughs> this is the bit that could go a bit funny, but you know what, we're going to go for it. If you're feeling anything right now, even if it's the slightest bit of peace, I want you just to lift up your hand and wave at me. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. Isn't God good? If you're feeling that God is healing your body or has healed it in any way, wave at me. One, two, three, four, five. My goodness me. My goodness me. What's God been doing? Paul, if you just shout, what's he done? Peace. Baba, peace. What are you feeling? Peace. Peace. Isn't he good? And how long did we take to do that? Not, Not very long at all. Would you stand with me? if you're able to. And again, if you feel God has physically healed your body in any way, can you lift up your hand? Wave at me. That is awesome. That is incredible. Hearing? Samuel has struggled with your hearing for years and he's saying he can hear. Can you hear? Are you hearing easier? That is amazing. He's got his hearing aid in his hand. God is good, right? God is good. Crumbs, we've... I'm stuck, mate. I don't know what to do now. We've gone well over, haven't we? Oh, we are. Okay, we're all right. Could I just ask Al, would you come up and just strum for us real quick? The kids are going to come in in a minute. And I think it's, it's, um, it's important to get the, the little ones. My wife's just going, little ones, it's thrown me. So if you've got people in tots, <laughs> go and get the little ones. If you've got people in tots... Please go and, go and collect your children. The, the other children's group ages will come and join us in a few moments. Um, I had so much more to say. Um, please forgive me that I've, I've kind of laboured on some things and we've missed a little bit. But ultimately, this is what I want to leave you with. This is my heart, that somehow we do this outside the four walls of our church our comfort, that somehow, wherever we are in society, in our families, in our communities, in our schools, colleges, workplaces, that we, are, we have this heart, where I go, I take the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Where I go, he goes. And I just want to read that quote again to you. We are called to believe the impossible and not settle for the probable. People have said that they can now hear this morning. People are experiencing peace. And I want to believe that God wants to break in more and more and more. If you've got a story, while we just close in worship here, can you just come and tell Paul what God's been doing? If you were one of those, I think five or so people said, I feel God has healed me. Could you just come and share your story? Because it'd be great to share that at some point. I'm going to close in prayer. And then we're going to worship. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes. God, I pray that you would fight against any fear, unbelief, doubt, cynicism, and disappointment in our hearts. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and saturate us with your love, with your peace, with your grace. And I pray, God, that this would be our goal, that we are carriers of the kingdom, that we are carriers of your love, that you are our heavenly daddy that you're a good father and that we are loved by you. I pray that we would look to carry this message on the earth. And we all said together, Amen. Amen. We're going to worship and then we're going to close.